This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Most school districts require the teachers have a license if they are to teach at their school, a license that's obtained only by taking something like 30 hours of credit in a teacher education program. That requirement excludes many highly talented potential teachers at some of the country's most elite universities from even considering the teaching profession as a career because at those universities they do not offer a teacher education program. To break that mold, Teach for America, or TFA as it is generally called, began to offer teaching assignments to students in various settings if they would participate in a summer program that prepared them for teaching. Certification could be obtained later by taking courses while they were working. Many outstanding college students have flocked to TFA over the years. Then the program has had great success in staffing charter schools, a number of big city school systems, and many other places. But TFA has been criticized by many for turning out teachers who turn out to be not so committed to the classroom over the long run. TFA has admitted the criticism, but has pointed out that many TFA alums remain active in education and education reform. But is that really true? To discuss the impact of TFA alums on the education reform movement, I have with me today Leslie Finger, lecturer on government and social studies at Harvard University, who's gathered an extensive array of data from TFA alums on their careers after they began teaching. Leslie, it is great to have you with me on the Education Exchange. Glad to be here, Paul. Well, Leslie, what is the central question of your research? Are you asking TFA alums whether they stayed in education or pursued something else? What's, what's the basic question you're asking? Yeah, so in this paper, which is uh, co-authored with my colleague Carlos Lastra and Yudan, we're asking how TFA in a state affects policy down the line, and whether it's through alumni, whether it's through the careers of alumni. Well, that's great, but before getting into your results, let me ask you just how did you get all of this information? You've got a lot of data here. Where, where did you get it? Yeah, so the data came from different sources. Um, some was shared directly with us from Teach for America themselves. Um, that was their alumni survey, which um, they administer every year. They gave us some uh, anonymous results from that, as well as uh, various online sources, the National Center for Education Statistics, um, census data. We combined various data sources. So you got help from TFA directly, so you've got a lot of information from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, what's your principal finding? What, what would you say is the key one or two findings from your analysis? Yeah, so the first finding is um, that Teach for America in a state seems to be related to the passage of school choice policies down the line, as well as additional years of compulsory education. We also find that Teach for America seems to be related to um, more generous child welfare benefits in a state. Now, in order to explore this finding, we get into the careers of alumni. So what are alumni doing that's leading to this policymaking? And looking at the TFA alumni survey, we find that a really large percentage of Teach for America uh, alumni end up doing careers involving advocacy, 
they run for office, they um, work for nonprofits, they work for foundations. That being said, a large portion does stay in school districts, so perhaps this reputation you point out is not entirely warranted. So what percentage do stay uh, working in the school district, either as a teacher or in some other capacity? Over 40% of the survey takers uh, indicated that they were still working in a school. This is almost 20,000 people. Well, 40% is not that much less than you get with ordinary teacher turnover. Are you looking at these people immediately after they finish uh, with a TFA internship, or is this a few years out? How does this, uh, at what point in time are you looking at these alums? So we can see in the data when the alums did TFA. Um, so we can see people who finished uh, TFA in the 1990s. We can see people who finished TFA last year. And we do find that it seems that those who are staying in schools tend to be younger. So this might be people staying on for a third year or up to a fifth year, et cetera. So I don't know how that compares to teachers in general. What, I know the attrition rate in the first five years from the teaching profession is, is very substantial. I don't know if this is considerably greater or not. Do you have any sense of that? Um, I, I don't. I can't compare it, no. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's, it's high, but it's not off the charts high. Uh, but anyhow, they, they stay in the field of education or education policy. Do you, uh, do you know what the uh, percentage of your alums are staying in education policy but not working in the school? How, how big a percentage is that? So it's, if, if we are generous in how we determine staying in education policy, um, it's over 60% of survey takers. Um, now, this, this is a variety of jobs, right? These are people working for um, charter management organizations. These are people working for districts, perhaps as like superintendents or administrators. Um, these are also people who are bureaucrats in state, uh, local, and federal government. So we, don't, we can't know for sure what exactly they're doing, but we do know that a really large percentage of people are in jobs that have direct implications for policy. So 40% of them are in districts. That's right. And then the total here is 60%. So it's another 20% are active in education-related activities as best you can That's estimate right. them. That's right. So of those in education-related activities, the majority are in districts. And of course, it's that's much higher than the average college graduate, right? It's got to be many, many times oh, yes. more likely than... Yeah, what so. we find is TFA is channeling um, idealistic young people who want to make a change in the world into education advocacy after their core experience. So now you say that if they are uh, in a state, that where they were assigned to the state by TFA, that state's more likely to have education reform legislation. Did you say that? So that's right. Um, but we don't think it's necessarily occurring just because people are sticking around where they did TFA. Um, we find evidence in the survey data that some people are sticking around in their same state, becoming advocates, starting uh, uh, policy advocacy groups. But some people are going to other TFA states. So they may be hooking in with the social capital in the other states to uh, start new groups or run for office. So it's not just staying in the same location. So, but what you are saying is that if there's a concentration of TFA 
graduates in a in a, a particular area they may attract people from elsewhere and they may reinforce one another wherever they're they're located there's sort of a network out there among them exactly yeah. and does TFA try to maintain this network that's right they have um, some organ they have some infrastructure within the organization uh, in order to foster advocacy so they have a um, an organization called Leadership uh, for Educational Equity, LEE, which actually supports um, their alumni with fellowships um, and startup funds and various mechanisms to help them go into advocacy. When you call education reform, what do you mean by that? What's some of the legislation or some of the outcomes that uh, seem to be fostered by the TFA network? Well, so in the paper, we look at education reform, by which we mean uh, accountability policies and school choice policies, but we do also look at other kinds of policies. So we look at um, spending the years of compulsory education, um, preschool enrollment. Um, so we find that TFA seems to be having an impact both on some education reforms, but also on some policies that aren't necessarily considered education reforms. So preschool education, spending more on schools, uh, more charters, more accountability. That's the sort of package that you are finding the TFA alums are having an impact on. Well, interestingly, we don't find an effect for preschool enrollment or spending, but we do find an effect for compulsory education. So it seems that they're impacting some education reforms and some Oh, okay. So you reforms. looked at the spending. So they really don't care so much about how much you spend on education, but isn't that becoming the major issue these days? Yeah. I mean, it's, that seems to not be a priority, at least according to our results. So uh, what's the time period that you're focusing on in this study? So we're looking at um, policy passage from 1990 to 2013. So... So things could have changed because the spending issue has emerged uh, as we've come out of the financial crisis. And so it might be, it could be different today than it was at the time. But in 2013, accountability, choice, these were very much the top issues in the school reform discussions. That, yeah, that's right. And actually, we're hoping to um, expand the data set forward to the extent possible and look at some of these things in recent years. Well, you must have some poster children that you can uh, identify as examples of what you're talking about. Uh, who are some of the, the rock stars and all of the TFA alums that uh, have had a particularly major impact? Yeah, so, um, well, of course, this is not on the state level, but a paradigmatic example would be Michelle Ree, who's the famous uh, superintendent of the DC public schools. She was well known for enacting um, a new teacher evaluation that provided rewards for strong performance and dismissal for re repeat poor performance. Um, so we see here a TFA alum who goes into leadership within a school district and ends up implementing um, some important education reform policies. But there have been many others as well. Uh, one group we profile in the paper is the group Educators for Excellence which was actually started in New York uh, by TFA alums who had just finished teaching uh, their two-year commitment. They were in their third year, and they thought, we need um, to have a better voice in policymaking. So they mobilized a bunch of teachers and formed this advocacy group. And they eventually spread to other TFA sites, in fact. They hooked in with some uh, young TFA alums in Minnesota and uh, founded a chapter there, hiring lots of young TFA alums. Um, so we see that this influence seems to be coming through various mechanisms. It's through school district leadership. It's also through advocacy groups and various other um, 
positions. Well, have you seen any changes over time uh, for those who are the sort of older alums? Are they more in the education reform business, or was it something that historically was a big thing and has faded a bit? Do you see any trends over time? So we see it. Um, we see the percentage of folks uh, involved in these kinds of advocacy efforts um, pretty high among both recent and older TFA alums. However, it seems that the role they're playing varies. So we can see in the survey data whether um, the alum is a director or a founder. They can indicate their title. And so this allows us to see you know, who is really founding the organizations and running them and who is just working for them. And as you might expect, it's the older alums who are the ones that are the founders and the directors. Right, so I know that one of the first questions people are asked when they are working in the field of education reform is whether they themselves were ever a school teacher. Hmm. It seems to me that this is one of the things that TFA has brought to the table is that the people who move into these positions can always say, well, yes, I was a teacher. Absolutely. I think it gives them a certain legitimacy uh, of having seen firsthand what uh, struggling public schools are like. And it also gives them a certain legitimacy being associated with Teach for America. I think the um, brand of Teach for America is really respected among um, education reform advocates. And so they want to hire TFA alumni. Well, does it have uh, the, still the same cachet today that it did when it was a new innovative organization, or is it wearing out its welcome? What, what do you see as the future of TFA? So I think it, there are certainly skeptics and perhaps increasing skeptics, although in conversations I've had over the last year with people who are reformers, um, they, they like TFA alums. They want to hire them. Uh, people who work in foundations, people who work for charter networks. So, um, you know, maybe there is some disillusionment among some people in education, but uh, among those who are really seeking uh, education reform, it still has the cachet. So thank you very much, Leslie. I've been speaking with Leslie Finger, a lecturer on government and social studies at Harvard University. Thank you, Leslie, for joining me today on the Education Exchange. Glad to be here. Thanks, Paul. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.